Welcome to Puto Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by... Kerry Clatt, columnist, editorial board. Metro editor, Greg Jefferson. Nancy Pryor-Johnson, associate editorial board editor. I don't want to scare anybody because I, 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 if you've been watching the video versions of our podcast, you know that I never dress like this. Um, but uh, I just I, I had something I had to do before. So like it's not, I haven't... I'm still the same person. Um, Promoted. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, probably, he's probably gonna fire us. It's like, here for our severance packages. Do, uh, <laughs> um, doing an episode of uh, the Kaylorin talk show, Texas Talk, which is going to air on Thursday, and I, I'll, I won't say too much about it, but I, I think it's uh, have a lot in there about what's going on politically right now. I think you all will find it interesting. Uh, but the big news, I think, nationally in uh in politics was the georgia senate election uh last week was the runoff between uh rafael warnock the incumbent and herschel walker the republican challenger and uh it it, as it turned out it didn't it didn't end up deciding the the senate majority although because of reasons that we're going to talk about later in in the podcast it it may actually have done that uh, because there were some developments later in the week but um but this was a, a, a really a really telling race, and Carrie, you did a, a great column on it. And if you could just talk a little bit about, um, you know, when you looked at this race between Warnock and, and Walker, what, what really stood out to you? How historically bad a candidate Walker is, mm-hmm. and um, and it's, it's not an exaggeration, and it's not. You can you can separate his. His misdeeds or the the accusations with the girlfriends and, and the abortions and the lies about his education and, and business acumen acumen from his just total ignorance on 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 the issues, and that's what made him such a, such such a bad candidate. But because he was Herschel Walker, though he was a celebrity, and. Uh, one of the things which really became, at least for the African American community, difficult was it, 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 it was kind of embarrassing mm-hmm. that this is who Georgia Republicans thought could beat um, the pastor of Martin Luther King's church, who's the, the incumbent senator who has two master's degrees, a great speaker. And you know, as I wrote, that there's no way that if, if Warnock was white, that Walker would have been the candidate. And if Walker was white, he would not have been a candidate. Mm-hmm. They selected Walker at Trump's insistence because he was a famous black Georgian who mm-hmm. somehow they thought our other Georgians would go for. And he became a a, 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 a punching bag and a laughing stock. And there's a part of me that began to feel sorry for yep. him. Sure. I mean, it was his decision to run to, to to, to run for but he was Senate. really recruited by Trump he and others, recruited. Sean Hannity and others. And it's obvious if you lie about, if you create this myth about yourself throughout your life, you 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 believe that you should be in the United States Senate. Uh, but there came a point when I felt bad for him because on one hand, it's like for for Georgia Republicans, Herschel Walker was the was almost the uh, the embodiment of some of the worst stereotypes of black people, specifically when it comes to being ignorant. And I'll be frank, I did not like, 
you know, it came a point in the last couple of months of the campaign, I did not like seeing on Twitter white liberals calling him a buffoon. Mm-hmm. I, I think he, yeah. I, I think he, he, he's, he is ignorant for whatever reason. He's, he's appallingly ignorant, and he cannot uh, string together sentences and thoughts. But uh, you know, as, as, as a black man, I didn't like white liberals calling him a a, a buffoon, which is, fits, fits into the stereotype. Now, of course, whites on the right weren't calling him that. Yeah. Because they wanted him to win, but I also know what some of his folks were saying behind his back. And, and Carrie, and, and some people talked about this, and I'm, I'm hesitant to get it to get into it because I don't think we know the answers. But I think there were at least legitimate questions about um, the effects that football had on him, on his cognitive abilities. I mean, I've seen interviews with him from 30 years ago where he definitely was able to put his thoughts together more effectively than he does now. I don't think he, there was, I certainly don't think he was qualified regardless. Mm-hmm. I don't think at any time in his life he would have been qualified because I don't think he really had the, the knowledge or the back, the experience to, to be a U.S. Senator. But there's a, that, there's that question in the mix too. And we don't, n- nobody really knows that I don't was, know how to deal with no, that. that. And that was something I was saying early on. I mean, I think we all were saying after mm-hmm. a while yeah. that he must mm-hmm. have CTE and, and, yeah, it's 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 one of the most obvious things you would say about a former football player and a running back who you know who was all power and speed who you know who wasn't elusive who who took the hits, uh, but then there's also a point where even with CTE you can you can make an effort to learn about some of the issues you are you are going to speak on. But then going back to the CTE again, the sentences, his sentences. Mm-hmm. All of us can be I can be incredibly inarticulate. But his sentences, they there was you couldn't you didn't understand them. The erection mm-hmm. when he oh, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. sound yeah. clip that we've all heard and uh, seen, and I think it was on Saturday SNL Night Live it, as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, they they didn't uh, have to make it up, right? Yeah. They just used what he said. But yeah. to say erection, and then the and then just just nodding and agreeing, like you know, like he didn't just say what he said. Yeah, um, it's. It's gross. That was another it really thing. Is. Having, having to have having to have to, to continually have to have these these two two white senators yes. sitting beside him Lindsay on Graham television and, yes. and doing most of the talking. It's humiliating. Yes, it's humiliating to him. Really, and I and I really, you know, given given Walker's problems in the past, I I truly truly hope that that he's in a good place and that. The people who are around him during this campaign and, so, and supporting him uh, support him now mm-hmm. because this this campaign did nothing. He would Herschel Walker would have been much better off had he never embarked on this campaign. And we can always think of him in a way that that maybe he doesn't deserve to be thought of. Mm-hmm. It just makes me wonder. I mean, even. I don't know. You look back at his campaign and even his wife, his wife is right there by his side and campaigning mm-hmm. for him. And I mean, having I would have to tell my husband, like, please don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't you know, don't do this to yourself. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. I mean, did he not have someone in his life who could look at it objectively and tell him, please don't do it? You know, mm-hmm. it's not right. It, it makes you look bad. It's humiliating. Um, someone who could objectively and tell him you know, advise him in a different way because he was being used. I mean, absolutely used. And it's sad that he got as far as he did. It yeah. really is. And that yeah. his numbers <laughs> that's came a, in. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I we, mean, we lose we sight lose <laughs> of the fact that, I mean, because he was such a lot about voters. Yeah. yeah. Three points. I mean, it was, what, yeah. two and a half, two <laughs> yeah. points. Like, uh, why? Difference between, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In fact, that's what, uh, to me, it's like just going through Twitter the day after the election. You know, it's like you've got 
liberals like hardly like beating their chest. Yeah. They they were like shocked and appalled at at the closeness of the race. And yep. you know, there's something there's something to that. Yeah. I mean, hopefully this is hopefully this is you know the the high watermark of of candidates like this, very yeah. Trumpian candidates who are recruited on the basis of you know their story, their their yeah. celebrity, not because they know enough right. <laughs> or have enough insight. Or they're to an be a incredible senator, candidate, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it's like probably not. <laughs> the Republican Party could do better. <laughs> I mean, there has to be somebody better. Yeah. And 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 even taking the the race issue out of it, I mean, we saw Tommy Tuberville get elected in Alabama, and this was like what a former Auburn coach, right? Mm-hmm. And so I mean, he, I mean, I don't know how. Much you all have seen Tommy Tuberville, uh, you know, discuss discuss <laughs> policy, but I mean, it's it's right, really yeah. bad, and uh, and uh, that's it, it, that's so it was basically that same type of thing. He's fami- familiar. He's he's got a these. I mean, we all know, particularly in the in, in the deep south, how big football is, and so the Tuberville thing was uh, Hershey Walker was that plus, like you said, the idea that. It's a very cynical thought yeah. that he's going to siphon off enough African American votes that it's going to make the difference. And and my, I I don't know what the final numbers are, but I I don't think he did well with African American voters at all. It wasn't like I think it was about three percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, um, the thing is that there there are, there are many black Republican conservatives in Georgia who were much more qualified. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who wants to think that my thing about this is talk is just because of the fact that. You know he's a Republican conservative. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I disagree with Tim Scott on many things, but he's he's capable. Absolutely, and senator from South Carolina. He's a capable senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one. He's not someone that you make fun of because of 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 his position. Right. So it has nothing to do with with the ideology. It was it was the candidate in the way that as Nancy said that he was used. Mm-hmm. Well, um, after that election, Democrats had a 51-49 majority, uh, which only lasted a few days because it, it looks like now we're looking at 50-49-1. Um, uh, Kirsten Cinema, the uh, the who'd been the Democratic senator from Arizona, um, declared she's she's been someone who's been some kind of a, a maverick figure. I think her the whole time she's been uh, for the entirety of her her term in um, the Senate. And she announced that she can now considers herself an independent. I'm not really clear on whether she's caucusing with Democrats or not. I've heard conflicting things. She said she was going to continue having uh, her committee assignments were going to come through the Democratic majority. So I I don't know exactly what that's going to mean in terms of caucus. I don't think she really had been a part of the, you know, when the Democrats were meeting, she really was not, was not a part of that um, at all. But I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, you know, what she's what she's doing here, like what what the calculation is um, for her. She's got an election in two years and and what she's trying to do. I mean, what, what stands out to you? I think she had to me, I think it's it's pretty clear she's looked ahead uh, to the next election cycle, said this is going to be a bloody, <laughs> mm-hmm. bloody Democratic primary. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I don't feel particularly Democratic. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think really yeah. that's what it boils down to. I, I I want my challenge to be in a general election. I'm going to run as right. independent, yeah. and so get around the primary process. Exactly. I mean, she's still going to have a tough, a very tough time in a yeah. general election. Uh-huh. I mean, how independent can she be, really? I mean, I don't think anybody can profess to be independent when you need the funding, you need the backers, you need the mm-hmm. support to be able to just get elected and stay elected and do your job. Um, I mean, she can 
say that all she wants and, and, you know, she can say, oh, yeah, I'm independent. But when it comes down to it, she has to pick a side. Mm -hmm. Who's she going to get funded by? She has said she was going to she did say that she was going to caucus with the Democrats. But and I don't think and I and um, I've seen I've seen what Schuma hasn't said anything about taking off of the committees. I mean, she I mean, so, you know, she's going to. More likely than not, be a Democratic vote. But this is so much what Greg says about the election. She's going to get clobbered, if not by you know, uh, Congressman Gallego. But she's, right. she's she's vastly unpopular. She has yet to hold a, a town hall meeting since she's been in the Senate. That's she, that's that's the society. Apart from the fact that you know there have been occasional votes, and she you know there where she's conflicted with Democrats, and she was against the filibuster, and she's. You know, there've been some certain things she's done, but uh, but a lot of it's just you know not engaging with with constituents yeah. very well. And and this is something that you know I think she thinks that uh, you know one of the things with Warnock winning that I think I was thinking first well this takes away and it does some of the mm-hmm. the influence of Joe Manchin. You know, it does. He's not the most important. So I see Senator is thinking well this can be her, but I I, I kind of know what Nancy's saying ultimately I think that she's gonna still vote Democratic yeah. because they are still that that. 2024 to, to, to look at. But then you have like the group, I it's called um, Vote Latino, right? Mm-hmm. And they announced they have the six-figure, and this is before she made this announcement, they have the six-figure campaign um, to oust her in 2024 mm-hmm. and saying she does not stand up for the Latino welfare of, of Latinos at all, mm-hmm. right? When you come when it comes down to it. So I think it, it is going to be very difficult, difficult for her and there are a lot of forces against her. And I do think Gallego you know, we'll come out on top there. I just, I just thought about this because yeah. uh, thinking, thinking of a 2024 election in, in Arizona with mm-hmm. Gallego f- for the Democrats and and Cinema as an independent. What about Kerry Lake? Oh, I, I, I think she's the first person <laughs> I thought of. Yeah, she's. Yeah. And, and this is the the, the, the real issue. I, I'll say this: the one thing that that's, that stood out to me about the timing of this, I thought um, she's looking at it as as. as we all said, you know, it's it's pretty much her own political uh, future and look and saying, I don't have a path to victory in a Democratic primary. And so I'm trying to get around that. But if she really wanted to damage Democrats, I think she could have done she she could have announced this, let's say, a month before or three weeks before the Georgia election, because I think for Republicans, mm, good, Republicans had a lot less motivation to come up to the polls if they felt that Herschel Walker could not get them the, the Senate majority. Um I think that was, I think that hurt. And, and, and actually, if, if, uh, well, I guess was it Nevada, I guess that they ended up clinching the, the, yeah. the, the, let's say that had gone differently. And Herschel Walker could have been the ticket to a Senate majority. I think Republicans, more Republicans would have come out. It could have been a slightly different race where they would have said, look, I know he's got issues, but this is the Senate majority on the line. When that was taken away, I think it really hurt Walker's campaign. And Kirsten Cinema, she not only applauded Warnock's victory, apparently she she donated to his campaign and said she was very happy that he won. And she could have hurt him, I think, somewhat by announcing this a few weeks earlier. So I don't think it I don't think She's often been a kind of a contrarian, and she's—I uh, think she's frustrated Democrats because sometimes she almost seems to flaunt the fact that she's, you know, she's not uh, going to in line with them on certain things. But I think in this case, she actually timed it in a way that she didn't want to hurt Democrats. The the flip side of that, though, is if she does run in twenty twenty four, which is a big if, but if she does, and you got a three person race, I just think in Arizona, the Republican candidate, whoever they are, is they're going to get forty yeah. percent at least, and that's is probably going to mean 
that we're, you're, you're looking at a Republican senator, senator possibly Carrie Lake. And so, um, and again, I mean, this is, I yeah. mean, isn't I don't Lake think contesting the last election results? She's, I was going to say, she's 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 recently recently yeah, gonna say she you, given up. you assume she's not going to be governor. <laughs> she's true. asking That's true. court in Phoenix. Of course she doesn't believe the results. Well, I would say this, if she backs off the election challenge thing, that might tell us everything we need to know about her, her thoughts about the Senate. She might just be like, hey, I don't know. I'm going to congratulate you. Katie Hobbs. <laughs> Katie Hobbs ran a great campaign. And, um, so I think that's a problem. And, and Carrie Lake, in her own ways, in, a, in the same category as Herschel Walker, this is not, it's not, there've been a lot of Republican senators from Arizona. Uh, it's been a historically Republican state. We Obviously, John McCain is a, is, is a you know, legendary figure there. But um, it, it's not about, about what party the person belongs to. It's the fact that Carrie Lake is a, an extremist, an election denier, and though she's very smooth in her presentation, said some really deranged yeah. things in yeah. this campaign. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing that Democrats should be worried about. And, uh, and I, um, if you're Kirsten Cinema, there has to be some bit of political realism in her saying, I'm not only going to lose this thing, I'm going to, I'd probably take, I'm probably going to put Carrie Lake or someone like her in, in that seat. Um, so I think that's, uh, I mean, that's going to be something to watch. I want to talk a little bit about Brittany Griner, who um, was released this uh, past week from uh, a Russian penal colony. She had been arrested in Russia. She's a legend, you know, great WNBA player uh, who was playing in Russia. She was arrested um, for uh, possessing um, medical cannabis. And the Biden administration executed a prisoner exchange uh, for Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. Um she came through San Antonio, uh, landed at Kelly Field last week, and has uh, was taken over to the Brook Army Medical Center. Um, I mean, I think it's uh, there were a lot of us who were, you know, con- concerned about her. I think it was about ten months that she had been in prison. Um, but obviously, everything is political these days, and there were complaints uh, from Republicans about the nature of the exchange. And and Victor Boot is certainly somebody who's. I mean, he was called, his nickname was the Merchant of Death. Um, I don't think the Biden administration, I, I know that they didn't see what she had done as comparable to what he had done, or it was not, it was not a, a fair trade in that sense, but the Russians were not going to, I don't think they were going to give her up under any other conditions. I mean, Nancy, when you, when you heard this story, what did you make of it? I mean, you know, I think everyone should be happy, but I know that they're not. Yeah. <laughs> it should be a joyous, um, you know, occurrence that an American is released. Um, and yeah, the circumstances are, are not the best. We we do understand that. But um, this is an American who, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of time and, and you know, getting to uh, uh, what was that a labor was it a labor camp penal colony, yeah. penal colony. Yeah. Um, and you know just the situation was was really terrible. We wouldn't want any American to be left over there in that situation. Um, but when you see the political back and forth on it, um, there are so many people who are upset about it, and um, and that is just something that we shouldn't we shouldn't um, support. You know, um, you know there's there's lots of political reasons. I think her being black, her being um, her 
being gay, mm-hmm. her being, um, you know, standing up after the George Floyd, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and standing up for what she believed in and people hold that against her. So she has all these marks against her, but should she really, does that mean that she should be sentenced to the penal colony over there mm-hmm. <laughs> in Russia? Hello. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's complicated. It's complicated. And then you bring up, um, you know, Reed and of course, Waylon over there. Yeah. Um, and so you say, well, you know, they should have also sent Waylon over. And, you know, I, I do believe that Biden, you know, everything is pointing to Biden did try for that mm-hmm. as well. And he's still continuing to try. Um, but it's just we're going to have to see what happens. It was probably a choice between um, if, if Biden had insisted we, we have to bring, you know, both of them. Uh, yeah. Or they both have to be released. He probably would have gotten nothing. I mean, I think right. I think that's the sad reality of the situation. I think that's what actually yeah. what, what what was said. That that was ultimately they said either you uh, it's 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 you know grinder for for boot or there's no deal. You don't you you get yeah. no one. Yeah. And um, you know when Trevor Reed was released in in April, everyone well, what, what about you know grinding about what about Raylan? Sure. Well, I think and what you know with the release of grinding, you know once she was sent to the penal colony, I was thinking this is it. She's not she's not coming yeah, back for a long time. Bleak. But um, and you know there's never going to be an an equal exchange when you're talking about uh, an American who's wrongly imprisoned in Russia with someone that we have. I mean you know again you have you know. You know, the American prisoner whose nickname is BG and the, the Russian prisoner whose nickname is the Merchant of, of Death. So, yeah. and even, and I think we will eventually get, get, get Raylan back and it's going to probably not be an equal exchange. But like Nancy said, I don't, I don't care who they are. It, it, you want all the Americans back. Mm-hmm. And that should be the one thing that we should all be united upon, but we're not. But regardless, any, any American who is unjustly imprisoned in Russia or anywhere, we should all want them back and do what we can to get them back. And, you know, mm-hmm. negotiating for their releases, it's, it's, you know, it's a tricky thing because you do want to be ca- – now, again, with Boot also, it has to be remembered, he wasn't like serving a life sentence. So he had served almost half of his sentence, mm-hmm. and I think was, would have gotten That's out within a few years anyway. So Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah way more than half. So, yeah, I mean, to me, what was um, really disheartening about this was watching Tucker Carlson on Fox – I mean, so you know, to the to to the to the Trumpists, this is too tempting a target, right? I mean, you've got Brittany Griner, you know, African American, gay. She was, you know, busted for cannabis oil, um, and it, you know, it's easy to portray the Biden administration as being so woke. They're going to seek her release, but but not Wayland's, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just, um, and they just couldn't, you know, it was it was reflexive almost like automatic like you just and it wasn't surprising to see tucker carlton that night uh making that argument yeah. just really disheartening and it should be should be noted it shouldn't i mean again Raylan and reed were both uh arrested and convicted in 2018 2018 who was the president so yeah. all the talk about Excellent you know and, and trump himself talking about uh, all the unjust, you know, that it, it wasn't a good deal. He did nothing. I think it was Raylan's brother said that Trump has, in that tweet said said his brother mentioned his brother's name more times than he mentioned during during his presidency, which yeah. was zero. Waylon was there behind bars for like two years, yeah. I think, the last two years of the Trump presidency, mm-hmm. and nothing really happened to that. Um, yeah, and one of the things, and this is a side issue. This is getting into more of a sports issue than a political issue. But I mean, one of the 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 reasons that you've seen Brittany Griner and other WNBA players playing uh, 
overseas has been the fact that they're really not paid anywhere close to the level that that professional basketball players uh, should be should be getting paid. And they're you know, they're they're working in the off season, you know, elsewhere. And um, I, it's a dangerous thing. But we've been dealing with Russia and hopefully that that players will will. Um, and we for, will see that. And, and we forget also, here in, especially in San Antonio, where 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 justifiably so, Becky Hammonds is a is an is yeah. an icon. Yeah. The hell she caught oh, in yes. two thousand eight because of that. she played for the Russians Olympic team. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of folks in San Antonio oh, in, in the United States, she caught hell for that. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's right. So I mean, I think that there's some, there, you know, it's it's the the economics of the WNBA are not what the NBA is, but. Um, it's it's something that they, there there needs to be a change there yeah. happening. Yeah. Absolutely, um, I went to before we wrap things up. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, something I wrote about this past this weekend has been, been bothering me. I think it, we've all been uh, following this situation. Uh, the the issue there's been kind of a Republican war on 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 uh, drag shows that it's 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 strange to me like when you when I kind of looked back on it how so much of this has really just happened in this past year and it's kind of an odd thing because drag shows have been such a part of American culture for so long. Um, and I think there've been more than a hundred protests or threats against drag shows across the country just this year. It, that issue came to San Antonio recently when the Starlighter announced that they were canceling all their drag shows for the rest of the year after they had uh, protests there. I think the Aztec Theater, there's talk about protests against the show that they're going to have uh, later this month. And um, it, it's, it seems to me that what we're... Um, we're dealing with, I mean, this is, uh, all the things that we, we've heard about sort of, uh, uh, kids, this is touched education as well. This, this, this issue that we're hearing from Republicans that children are being groomed in some way. Um, and, and I, I, it's very depressing to me because I, you know, I was revisiting the Anita Bryant campaign in 1977 when she was trying to repeal and she successfully repealed a Dade County, um, ordinance, which, uh, was basically a non-discrimination ordinance for, for gays and lesbians in, in, in that County. And her argument was that teachers were going to be, uh, uh, that that the gay community couldn't reproduce, so they had to recruit people, and they were going to recruit children. And having people in in teaching positions was just it was a, a dangerous thing for kids. And I think what we're seeing with uh, with uh, we've seen a lot of that kind of come back recently. That kind of argument when it comes to education that it, that if someone is gay or lesbian, they're not simply gay or lesbian; they are in some way uh, a, a groomer or a recruiter. Um, for same-sex or, uh, orientation. And the drag shows seem to be kind of being pulled into this argument. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, aside from it just just being disgusting and inflammatory and, and putting targets on, on the backs and on the lives of, of people because they are different from you or you don't approve of their, of, of their lifestyle, I'm, I still don't understand how the drag show specifically mm. came to be yeah. the target of this. I think, I, you know, the, what, what uh, some have suggested, I think there's something to this, that it's almost a reflection of how mainstream and popular drag shows have become. And you've had RuPaul with, you know, kind of has, has, has become such a big star and has kind of made it some uh, drag show, something that are so, uh, so popular that it is now started to kind of scare uh, either scare people on the right or make them feel that this is an issue that they can take advantage of because 
there are, uh, you know, places where you'll have like, uh, you know, a, a, a brunch show, a drag show that's family friendly. And I, and I, I know I got some pushback and people, there are people uh, who disagree on this issue, who push back on the idea that that it's possible for a drag show to be family friendly. I mean, to me, if, if you've got someone who's dressed as J-Lo and is lip syncing to a J-Lo song and that's and that and, you know, at a brunch show on a patio at a restaurant and a family uh, parents decide to take their kids and sit out in the patio. I don't see how that is so that you're, anyone's being particularly sexualized by that performance, but I, it's it seems it, there are adult oriented drag shows. There are more family friendly drag shows, and that's a concept that I think um, is not really registering with people. I think the, the very the notion of somebody in drag there, the argument is being made that this, this is the sexualization of kids. And one of the things that's really weird, too, is that. We're hearing so much about parental choice. Parents ought to have the choice. They ought to have a say in what's being taught in their classrooms and what books are in their libraries, what schools they send their kids to. But at the same time, if a parent chooses to take their kid to a restaurant and have brunch and watch somebody do a, a performance in drag, we've had Ron DeSantis and others talking about you know prosecuting those parents for child abuse. Parental choice yeah. gets, gets thrown out there. Yeah. You can't choose. I mean, and that's my whole point about, you know, that's how I stand on these on these shows. Right. If you don't like drag shows, don't go. Mm -hmm. And you should have the freedom to do that. So that's the whole Republican GOP extreme right freedom. Well, let that freedom stand and stop, you know, trying to attack that freedom just because they're being who they are. They're not sexualizing kids. I mean, I'm a former teacher. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe there are queer people teaching mm -hmm. here and there, but they're not there trying to groom children. Yeah. Um, if one thing, you know, they're more of an ally, like to be more understanding because, hello, you know, breaking news alert, there are children who are queer, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, and they know it from a pretty young age. And yes, they need allies just to be a listening ear, but, uh, and just an understanding and a tolerance level, but they're not being groomed yeah. to change in any way. And, and we're here, we're hearing, you know, these, we, these uh, things, I think Carrie Lake was one of the people talking about, you know, drag shows in schools and everything. And, no. and, and when people <laughs> tried to pin her down, there, there really was, there was, I think a school, uh, uh, in Virginia, where there was talk about the use of an auditorium after hours by a former student who wanted to raise money for a theater program there, and they were going to have a drag show, and he'd done it like five years in a row, and then suddenly this year, it just became this big scandalous thing. And um, so, um, I mean, it's, it's we're, the, the culture wars are, are certainly like heating up, and this is going to be uh, something that will continue to be talked about. I personally think uh, it's a losing issue for Republicans. I mean, I think it gets, they get a lot of, it, it, there are people who feel very strongly about this and, and they're, you know, frightened at the mere, mere mention of drag shows. I just don't think it's a winning issue for them though. I, with the, you know, if you're talking about. I think it is. I think it for Republicans, for their far right base. Like in a primary, uh, you think, but, but they, in a general election, like if, if you had a presidential candidate in 2024. Yeah talking about this. I mean, do you think that would be, that's not, they're really, I mean, they're sending those mass emails. They're putting it on social media. Mm -hmm. They're, tr you know, playing up every instance of anything dealing with drag shows. Um, they're, they have this, these bills that are, have been filed. 
the the reason they use this is just like they do other you know social any you know any other kind of um, rhetoric like that. They were just trying to drum up the support and get them talking and get. I mean, look at Paxton. That was Paxton actually said, yeah, let you know, let's even if the county you know prosecutor, even if the DA doesn't prosecute these, I want to be able to do it. So make this bill happen, like pass this, so I can do it, so I can prosecute. They're trying to make it look like there's some kind of cult, like as you said in your in your columns, you know, some kind of cult is sexualizing children. And so they want that power. He wants that power. But why? He's trying not to talk about the real issues. Right. And I think that's what the Republicans are doing. They they latch on to these kind of issues and they, you know, these these wars with these um, the book ban and other things like that. And then that's how they get all the attention off of what they really should be talking about. So. I also wonder how much indirection is is at play here with with Republicans. I mean, this is one way of saying, I mean, it's it's you know we're not in a political climate where they would feel comfortable just outright attacking the civil rights of the LBGQ community. Yeah, uh, but you can take you can pick at aspects of it, like like that's uh, a great point. You know, drag shows mm-hmm. like school libraries that have, hey, I have two moms or right. hey, I have two dads, <laughs> there you go. books like yeah, that. That's right. Um, so it's it's making the point without making the point. Mm-hmm. You can kind of – you can – you portray it as an aberrant thing, but we know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like the whole yeah. lifestyle is aberrant. I just feel like um, – there's there's something to that. I, I yeah. think that's what's really kind of fueling these attacks on drag shows. And by the way, I mean we should point out we're this is happening in San Antonio. I mean yeah. we've got right. yeah. you know there's a live music venue on in the in the Deco district yeah. on Fredericksburg. Yeah. Yeah. They they have all kinds of events, but they include drag shows. Yeah. They had a you know it was a toy drive. This exactly. is the weekend after yeah. after last. It was a toy drive dash drag show. The drag show didn't actually happen until later in the evening. It was a pretty small mm-hmm. audience. You know, we've heard about mm-hmm. a dozen people were there mm-hmm. during the drag show. But yeah, I mean, they, they got so many threats that they just said, okay, we're not doing through the end of the year. We're doing no more drag shows. I think they had three, four uh, on the, on their yeah. schedule. They're, they're continuing doing other shows, but I mean, it clearly affected their business. They mm-hmm. clearly felt under threat. And also, you know, there is uh, there's a drag show Tuesday night yeah. at the Aztec Theater. Yeah, yeah. They're expecting yeah. protests there. As yeah, well. and the one that you mentioned, mm. the Starlighter. This isn't like yeah. th- that was not. I, I don't think kids were or right. involved. No. No. I mean, the, yeah, it was just a you know. So, so they have to take it seriously because I mean, yeah. look at what happened at Club Q. You yeah. know, yeah, right. in Colorado, I mean, they have to take it. it seriously. They can't just say like, "Oh, they're just talking," because yeah. you know, five people dead, eighteen injured. I mean, they have. There are some loons out there that are just not talking they they take it seriously and they get empowered by this kind of rhetoric and you just never know as you said greg i mean it's 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 a way of of not saying i'm homophobic or anti-lgbtq it's more well just we got to protect our kids and kids shouldn't be sexualized but then it starts extending into cases like the starlighter here which really had nothing to do with kids at all yeah i mean as far as the performance i mean it was a toy drive yeah but like i mean but but as far as the the audience that was there or the yeah exactly i mean the you know the the social media complaint was that there was a child present and Mm, that you mm, know uh, one of the performers was you know stroking stroking her hair uh, the kid, it turns out, was the the child of a vendor who was right on the okay. other side of the door. It wasn't that, left alone. That's, yeah. And again, so, it's a parent's choice right, yeah, to allow yeah. their child to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It should be the parent's choice. I, yeah. 
parental choice for those on the ride. Remember, parental choice. Um, anyway, thank you all for listening. We hope everyone's doing well, and we'll be back with you next week. Take care.